Hey, it's Chris, and this is the first of our crossover episodes with the other comic book podcasts on the Nerdist School Network, which are the Podcast of Two Worlds and the Novice and Frank. Uh, we'll be releasing a new crossover podcast every few weeks as all of the comic movies roll out this year. And so we're not just doing Batman or even just DC. We're also doing Logan and the Marvel movies, Kingsman and anything else comic book related. And uh, this time we're talking about the Lego Batman movie, which is absolutely amazing. Uh, we highly recommend you go and see it. So go see it. Give this a listen. Then look for our next regular episode on Tuesday. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Hello and welcome to, uh, I want to say the podcast of two worlds, but it's not my podcast. We are joined with all three of the comic book podcasts on the Nerdist School Network, the Nerdist, uh, the Novice and Frank, Tim Talk, and podcast of two worlds. I'm Trevor Reese, and allow, uh, I will let everybody else introduce themselves. Hey, I'm Frank Moran from the Novice and Frank. Hi, I'm Amanda Barnes, also with the Novice and Frank. I'm Cameron Dexter from Tim Talk. And I'm Chris Lord, also from Tim Talk. And all year long, we are going to be covering the movies that are going to be coming out to your local cinemas um, as part of a giant Nerdist School Podcast Network crossover. Um, as far as I can tell, seven, seven definitely, <laughs> maybe an eighth episode, depending on our feelings on Valerian and the <laughs> City of a Thousand Planets. Um, but we have seven movies, first of which uh, a case could be made that this is the best Leading off with the, I don't know, we'll get into it, but Lego Batman. I, I, I'm inclined to agree with you on that one, just looking at the slate. Oh, hang on though, Guardians. Guardians? Yeah, okay. so we, we're going to have the lo- best DC. I'm going to put money down now yes. and say that. Oh, yeah. Sure. So. No one's going to fight you on that. <laughs> um, but we got Logan next month, March 3rd, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, April 28th, Wonder Woman, June 2nd, Spider Man Homecoming, which I'm personally most excited about mcu i hope it's good uh july 7th uh that does it for the summer and then we're back in the fall with thor ragnarok on october 27th justice league november 17th um although we get a good justice league moment in this uh movie yeah uh let's just jump into it what do you guys think what do you think? Uh, I loved it. I, I've seen it twice now. Oh, uh, wow. That's so fast. I love it. Yeah, sorry. I, so we saw it opening night, and then I saw it Saturday morning. So I got both sides of the adult crowd and the, the child mm-hmm. crowd, which was very different, mm-hmm. very interesting. Uh, but yeah, I, we walked out of the movie, and I think we said this is, it's been 10 years since we've walked out of a DC film feeling, like, happy. Fulfilled. Yeah, fulfilled. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, like I, I was one of the few people to watch out of the Dark Knight not happy, actually, which is continues to be a controversial opinion. But so for me, it had been since Batman Begins. But I loved, I loved this movie. It was just so much damn fun all the way through. I just, I, I don't know about you guys, but I just kept like hopping up in my seat at different moments. Just, I just got so damn excited to see what was happening on screen. Yeah, just, oh, it's so damn good. Oh, what I liked about it was just like the, the reverence that it had for everything that had ever happened with Batman before and just like, hey, you know what? All of that counts, and I, which I really appreciate. It wasn't like saying one is better than the other. Just like all this is just different aspects of them and they all have good elements about them. Yeah, I thought it was really fun. It was mostly just fun and funny. I'm not a big like laugh out louder. I'm kind of like a little internal chuckle. And this one made me laugh because it surprised me in several moments, which I, I think is hilarious. And again, yeah, I thought it had a nice respect for for all the projects came before it. I have some questions. Oh. You guys will enlighten me. Well, because you're the novice, later. so the you novice. you are yeah, kind new. of you're the, I'm the new, new perspective kid to the lunch table. <laughs> so yeah, so I have a, I have a couple of questions, but I thought it was a, a lot of fun. I thought the voice performances were great, and it felt 
felt to me like I, I work at uh, WB Animation. So for me, it felt like stop motion way more than the first one, than mm-hmm. the, than the uh, Lego movie, which I thought was really interesting. And apparently steps were taken to make it l- kind of give that appearance more than the other one, which is uh, something we can talk about if you guys are interested. Yeah, yeah I thought it was a lot of fun. <laughs> All right, thanks, Frank. <laughs> uh, yeah, I noticed uh, compared to the original Lego movie, there were a couple more scenes here that did stray away from the Lego animation. Yes. So I found uh, they were very small, but I they were a, a little off-putting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that always kind of stood up to me was in the beginning when he does like his spit take joke yeah. uh, when, when uh, Barbara Gordon. Uh, but overall, like they do such a good job with everything besides the little things. It's It's so... Like you're in a child's play box mm-hmm. when you're when you're doing when you're watching this movie, even to the point where they uh, when they're like pew 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 when they shoot yeah, the gun. I, like, I love that they kept that going constantly. Yeah, yeah it wasn't like a one off joke at the beginning because it would have been like it would have been oh that's super funny, but the fact that they maintain it throughout mm-hmm. was uh, I love that little touch it's of like it. Enough time elapsed that you'd forget about it, and then they start it up again, and you just laugh all over again. Did you like it? Oh, I loved it. It was yeah. it was such a fun movie. I got to see it with. Uh, I saw I was in the Bay Area this weekend, so okay. I like stepped away for a second, went and saw it with like there were just tons of families. And I was like the one single guy just sitting there like, oh, this is fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was I um, my buddy posted on Facebook like I really loved like like a Batman movie. All my other friends are like, everything is awesome. Like every other like yeah, yeah, oh, Lego yeah. movie. Remember that? But uh, my buddy Chris. um a third Chris, not my co-host and not Chris Lord, a third Chris in the mix. He was saying that um, he was like, he really loved the movie. And I, I just said, like, there is a case to be made that this might be the best Batman movie. Oh, that's Ooh. interesting. I'm not yeah. sure if I want to make that case right now but <laughs> on this podcast. But no, it's just it. Uh, what I always love is there, there's always this article. And I'm sure I've mentioned this on my podcast before, but there is. A David Laffam article that came out around Dark Knight Rises and Rolling Stone. And he was just talking about how his three-year-old son knows Batman. Mm-hmm. He's never seen any of the movies, but he knows Batman from like lunchboxes and toys. And Batman, as weird as stuff can get, Batman is just as it's Batman in the sixties is just as equally true as the Christopher Nolan stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and this sort of is the bridge between those two. He kind of infiltrates. I have a friend of mine that's kind of saying the same thing that they're a pretty conservative family. And so they like, weren't allowed to watch Bat- like anything with guns and stuff. They're not allowed to watch. And she said she walked in and her little boy was like, I'm Batman. Beep, 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 beep. And she's like, where we don't watch this. Like, where are you getting this from? And it is such a big, just part of our culture that just kind of by proxy being around other kids, I think kids get it. But I'm, I'm sort of like with this version of Batman, why would you want to keep your kid from that? I think it was so much fun. Yeah. And this is kind of the first Batman in a while. That's actually a kid's Batman movie. Mm -hmm. I remember even when the dark Knight came out, my aunt asked me if my cousin can go. And I think he was maybe like 10 or something at the time. I'm like, uh, maybe (laughs) like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if you'll absolutely love it. And actually, so Trevor, to your point, I think there is an argument made that this is the best Batman movie. Cause it all depends on kind of what you like out of your Batman. For me, it's Batman begins. Well, actually I'd say mask the phantasm is the best, but like if you talk about major theatrical release, Batman begins, but this is the only one that kind of hits all of it. Yeah. Right. That it, it has kind of the, the heart that you know can be in there, but also it's willing to be fun and it's not stupidly campy like Batman and Robin. It's charmingly campy. Mm. So it's, 
somehow they made it a Batman for everybody and also making it really, really good, which is something that has, I think, evaded DC. One could argue even all the way back into the Nolan movies, that Mm. those movies aren't necessarily for everybody. Uh, One of the things that I noticed about this is we're in this age now of parody. And I think uh, you can, I, I, I would make a point that Guardians was the first one to break the mold of the superhero film. And then obviously Deadpool has the biggest influence. And this is, I think the Lego Batman movie takes the best of those two kind of parody movies of the superhero genre and simplifies it for kids. Sorry, that is Who Let the Dogs Out. We are recording during a Nerdist School house team meeting, and Ptolemy Slocum is having some fun introducing everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Cameron. <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. You're very Your important. Your opinions are valid. Yeah. Your opinions are valid, despite you being played off with Who Let the Dogs Out. Somebody grab the giant hook. Cameron, <laughs> uh, continue. Oh, I, um, I just think this is a great um, kind of continuation of what, what Deadpool kind of uh, put in place for these non-superhero superhero movies. And in the same way that Deadpool tried to like, it was like a fake romance film, this was a fake rom-com for me where it's, you know, yeah. the big story of Batman and Joker, they break up, Joker is trying to move on, but he obviously can't because he saw his feelings. And it's, it, it's a multi-genre film that's done so well on every plane. And obviously, in co- are we are we doing spoilers or are we trying to? Uh, I don't know at what point are we gonna like. All right, now we can get into the. I feel like Lego Batman. We can go full spoilers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's do it. people, people aren't people it. aren't going for like the story. It's the experience of it. It's it's being a part of Batman's world, and it's also it's it's a Batman movie. You know how it's gonna end. Batman saves the day. Right. Um. Damn it, Trevor. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there is a lot of tension as to whether or not he's going to save, save the, the day. day. Yeah. What uh, if it were a tragedy? It's like he just ended and all the kids in the audience were just like, like lip quivers. It's just like ended tor- terribly. It doesn't. It doesn't everybody, but I think that'd be sort of yeah. hilarious. They have the balls to do what Christopher Nolan couldn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do it. Pull the trigger. Yeah, burn. Um, but yeah, it's it, the the incorporation of the other Warner Brothers properties, even like the, the strangest one, the Jerry Maguire reference yes which also it's it's the reference to dark knight jokers when joker's talking to harvey dent uh no joker's talking to batman he says you complete me Mm -hmm. oh which i i only caught that up i picked that up my second time through but i i assumed that was why they chose that movie and why he was laughing at it as just another callback to the many nolan jokes and everything and also uh as well as deadpool so going back to the comedy aspect, it's such a great nod to the 60s show mm. in so many levels. And it's, I don't know, it, I, I love every aspect of the well, comedy. Well, that's, that's the only, like, actual Batman they show. All the other homages that they do to the other Batman films are Lego, are Lego Batman. Mm-hmm. And then it just shows the Batusi dance scene from 60s Batman. Yeah, they didn't give, like, a, a Lego interpretation of Batman with nipples. Yeah. Like the George <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. They just that's, showed his suit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, like right. The, the, I forgot about that. Exactly. That's the two things that couldn't really do well in Lego form, Bat nipples and the Batusi, because <laughs> that can only be in its raw original form. <laughs> <laughs> Finally answering the questions of what can't they do? That's <laughs> right. the answer. Yeah. yeah. What was your guys' favorite callback? Like, because we're talking about all this stuff. What was your guys' favorite nod to, like, the source material or to any other Batman? Oh, where to even start? There's so many. I like well, that random-ass dance scene from uh, from Batman 
60, it was 66. Yeah. Right. It's just like Batman dancing and they just cut to that random and then they let it linger for an uncomfortable amount of time. And then they, the commentary on it is, yeah, that was a weird time. It was a weird time in my past. I thought that was super funny and bizarre. Uh, my question is regarding the source materials. If you guys will enlighten me, they have that whole bit where he's listing off what sounds like more and more obscure made up villains. Frank. And then they say, (laughs) yeah, Frank. And then they, and then they they say, these are real villains. And then it's kind of a nod to the camera and they say, it'd be worth the Google. Yeah. It's, I mean, are they all real? Like, oh yeah. Yeah, Conor King. That's awesome. Conor King is my favorite. Conor King is one of my favorite villains. Yeah. He he was created by Bruce Tim for the animated series. Okay. Um, and that's kind of all the information you need to know about him. He's, uh, what was it? His story is, um, Joker was in a comedy festival and Condiment King was one of the judges. And as like his final joke, he turned all the judges into supervillains. And that was kind of how Condiment King was born. I actually born. love the animated series, but I haven't seen it in years, literally years. And I totally, when, when it came up on the screen and they kept bringing him back, I was like, this has to be real because I have a, like a little inkling of it in my brain of the Condiment King. So they had all of the, who are the other obscure villains? That well, they it wasn't so out? obscure, but then, but seeing like Egghead and King Tut, which from okay, the, from the Batman 66 series, is, okay. I mean, that's awesome. How can you, how can you go wrong with seeing Egghead? That's I was so jazzed to see that. And the, and his and is that when they're throwing all the eggs? That's like that's yeah. his thing. Yeah, that's Vincent Price. He, it was Vincent Price in the sixties TV show with a lot of eggs, excellent, uh, <laughs> like kind of eggs. It's <laughs> perfect. And uh, and what because uh, there were like because Kite Man, Calendar Man. Okay, so Cat what's Man. Calendar Man? Uh, he uh, oh, he's great. Yeah, he's oh, yeah. Great. He's, because he does crimes on different uh, from uh, different uh, months of the year. So. <laughs> Yeah. You guys should do Long Halloween on Novice and Frank. BG you Gumps. Oh, All right. Maybe we will. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is that is uh, the best Batman. It's probably my favorite Batman story. I, but like yeah, I already he, own he's, Long Halloween, too. Might, I just yeah. haven't seen it. I haven't read it yet. I just own it. Yeah, it's amazing. He's in there. He, I guess sometimes he's actually a serious threat and sometimes he's not. That's I feel true. like. Yeah. I feel like it's always up to the writer. Like, do they want to treat him seriously uh, or do they want to treat him more like a, like a joke villain? Like, oh, this guy's, you know, what's this guy doing bothering Batman? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there were so many villains in there that there were some that I didn't even really know. Like, I kind of, like, I, I've never read anything that has Orca in it, for example. I know of him. Um, like Phantom Stranger was in there too, Gentleman, right? Gentleman Ghost. The Gentleman Ghost. The Gentleman oh, Ghost. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Fan, oh, Phantom Stranger's a good guy, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. See, so like when you get into the real obscure magic stuff, that's even where I start to lose it a little bit. Polka I think. Dot Man. Yeah, well, Polka Dot Man, yeah. See, do you guys know anything about Polka Dot Man? Uh, he is the villain of one of my favorite Batman issues that I've been trying to get my hands on for years. I think it's Detective Comics 241, where he has to have the different colored bat suits. Yes. Yeah. That's... Rainbow Batman? Yep. I own all the Rainbow Batman figurines. <laughs> yeah. I got them for Christmas. <laughs> like, uh, like, they are beautiful. You can thank Polka Dot Man for that. Can I? You can. All man. right. I thought, yeah, my, my understanding of Rainbow Batman was that Robin breaks his arm and that Batman is like, don't worry, no one will know your secret identity because I will wear a different bat suit every night and it will distract them from your broken arm. <laughs> and that's how we'll maintain our identities, which is such a far-fetched, ridiculous plan, but I, it made for a good figurine. Do you think he was just coming up with an excuse to just be dressed completely fabulously yes, as he I went out? Like, so. I, I, yeah, I mean, he, he's always so dark and broody. I feel like he's got this like brilliant, colorful side he never has an excuse to use. And that was like, oh, Robin's got a broken arm. This is tenuous enough, but I'll make it work. Yeah. Well, speaking of which of the costuming, how would you guys think of when Robin in the movie, Dick Grayson comes and uh, first of all, there's that amazing joke about his name 
He's like, right oh, in the front, but yes. the kids call me Dick, and he's like, kids are cruel. Oh, so good. <laughs> funny moment. And then he goes and he gets his own suit, and it's like a Rastafari man. I, that ends Rast, up being Rasta man. Rasta yeah. man. It's genius. Like, it's, yeah, and it ends up being uh, a, when you rip away the pants and some of the accessories, it ends up being the Robin suit. But I think it was such a funny, weird plan. Well, I also like um, at the end when uh, Robin is having his like crisis of conscience and he's like, oh, what would Batman do? Oh, he'd be a dick and he would not. uh, He would just do it on his own. And he gets into the Nightwing costume like that was the designation for the Batman costume. He's in his Nightwing. Like, oh, hell yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So clever how they did that. Mm. The Lego Batman movie has done Nightwing more justice than any other live action movie. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could argue it's done Robin more justice than any live action movie, too. I was actually worried going into this that they were going to basically use the Robin origin story so well that you couldn't do it again properly in a movie. And I think they did it so quickly and it wasn't such a focus. You could still do a Robin, like a Dick Grayson Robin origin, which I'm happy about. But yeah, this is a better Robin story than Batman Forever, which I'm going to hand over to Cameron right now because I'm sure he's going to argue with me on that. <laughs> no, I have nothing to argue there. What I what I wanted to say, uh, watching it the second time with all of the, the little ones, um, there was a moment uh, when Batman is staring at the portrait of his parents and him, mm-hmm. and he's in the deep contemplation. And we, we on, on Tim Talk, we constantly make fun of the barrage of killing Martha and Thomas Wayne. But there was one kid behind me, and I almost burst out laughing, who leaned into his mom and was like, are his parents dead? And I'm like, they didn't tell us. But uh, no one knows, I guess. That's, yeah, that's so funny, isn't it? It's like, you guys, you wouldn't know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a reminder that we see them die so often because they are, there's always a new generation coming in. Mm-hmm. There's always someone who hasn't seen Batman before. There's always so much, too. I don't know, maybe because I am I like work for WB and I work in animation, so I'm watching this. And it's, for me, I'm watching the whole thing. It's just like money signs across the screen, just constantly. <laughs> there's that thought of like, well, this is making so much money. And also just like, holy shit, how much did they spend to get the rights to X, Y, and Z? Like Man in the Mirror, how much did they spend to get the rights to it's, that song? I, I'm assuming it's all WB stuff it is. because it's all music, but like, it's still just, it's a whole thing. So I'm watching it and, and I can't turn my brain off watching that stuff, but it is interesting, right? Because it's also, I'm, I'm now in charge of doing like clearance for our show, which means I have to send everything to standards and practices and you get all these amazing notes back that are like impact must be veiled with a flash. You can't use this because it's copyright and like these really like weird nitpicky things. And so it's this funny thing based on the rating of the film. I'm like, cause they don't, use the word like dead often because that's considered too dark, mm-hmm. you know? So it's People so funny. will be destroyed in cartoon shows more so than they'll ever be killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's oh, the usually the go-to. Absolutely. They even yeah. made that joke in the beginning when like the police force come in, they're like, oh boy, non-lethal weapons. Yay. Yes. Which is hilarious. <laughs> and then even like, I think when the plane, okay, you know, when the, at the very beginning when Joker's hijacked the plane and then the pilot gets thrown out and you see him with a little parachute, that's mm-hmm. like an S&P note. Well, that like, was, he can be thrown, but you have to see him land safely. That was even uh, their plan. Good. And this whole seatbelt joke put him in the into Batmobile. that little that put him into the little parachute. Yeah. It's just it's just funny to me. And then the and then the seatbelt joke. They they made a joke of with the Batmobile. He's like, "I don't the Batman Batmobile doesn't have seatbelts." And then Robin gets thrown into the windshield <laughs> and he's like, "All right, we get back. I'm going to have Alfred install seatbelts." It's just a funny it's fun to see how they use these things that could potentially be hindrances to make their movie funny and better. Yeah, that they, they incorporate them and play with them a little bit. Because mm-hmm. you, you, it's funny you mentioned standard practices. That's something we're always talking about because, you know, the animated series is now, what, 20, 
close to 25 years old. Mm-hmm. Actually, it is 25 years old. And you can see a lot of those things. Like, you know, the guy had to have a parachute and get thrown out the window. We are keeping track to go along of all the, like, randomly placed trees and rivers and lakes in Gotham City that are there to catch people as they fly out the window. And mm-hmm. I think, like, every animated version of Batman since the animated series has replaced actual normal guns with like lasers or something like you that. You have to. Yeah. Is, I mean, is that a, is that a, a, like a practice now that there, you can't show firearms in a certain rated? It depends on the rating of the show. So like for the show that I work on, it's Y seven. So under seven. So it's even more particular. Like if you have a character who's an existing IP character, who's always had guns, you know, IE Yosemite Sam. Right? Oh yeah. You can have him like, fire his guns but not while on screen with another character for instance or he can fire them but they have to be like uh lasers you know if we have if we have um anything that looks futuristic you can get away Mm -hmm. with because it's like not real yeah you know and it's funny because in uh abroad the standards are different because they don't really have a lot of gun violence in other countries so for them they're like oh classic america like that's you know like they're, yeah. they don't have to deal with it quite as much so for them it's funny but you can't have a character like with a knife for instance because for them like knife violence is more real so you have to be really careful about what you show if you have um elmer fudd with a gun it has to be what we call a blunderbuss which is like the gun with like the funnel oh yeah like that you can't even find anymore yeah you have to look yeah so it looks something like that sometimes just a redesign and other times it's like okay they can have it but you can't see them firing it it totally depends on your rating system so Mm -hmm. batman the animated uh, series i don't remember what the rating was and it it has changed Uh, since then even because it's been 25 years we're more sensitive to other issues than that might have been before any of the rating systems it mm. might have the rating system might have been introduced over the run of yeah that, but i don't i don't yeah ratings I don't, were around the i think that was a later 90s thing i think you might be right because i know standard and practices existed because i've read yeah. a whole bunch of notes about mm-hmm. their battles with it like um the first episode of the animated series uh batman gets in a fight and he bleeds and that was the last time they ever did it on the show because mm. after that they just like nope no more blood no more blood right yeah yeah it's it's a weird thing it's it's very uh, and you kind of have to pick your battles, but sometimes things will clear and you're like, really that clear? <laughs> and other things you're like, really? You're that sense about that? So it's, it's always a, an interesting thing. But I, I loved watching this movie because, uh, there were things that, that like exactly that, like they get in the Batmobile and I'm like, he's not going to buckle up. That's weird for, I can't turn my brain off. Yeah. Right? You're and thinking like, you're processing like, it all. He's not going to buckle up. That's such weird. What's the rating on this movie? He's not going <laughs> to buckle up. And then they made a whole joke. About there being no seatbelts and turned it into a joke. And then they talked about like the importance of the radio of the of the seatbelts. I was like, well, there's that thing that I was wondering about. But I, I love that they can take that and use it as a joke. And I felt mm, it was so self-aware, but in a way that wasn't obnoxious, you know, which I think speaks to what kind of what you guys were saying about uh, about like Deadpool, you know, um, it's a hard line to walk. Too. It's yes. like how meta do you get without being kind of too lofty or smug? And they mm-hmm. did it. I don't know. And they did it with the Lego movie too. It's like mm-hmm. the writers on this are just geniuses in terms of what they pick to make fun of yeah. and how clever they are about it. Really good. And I think it'll stand up too. I think it'll hold up even. Yeah. It didn't feel topical necessarily. They just used so many references. Now you, Frank went with, with a kid. I did. And how old is no. he? You weren't just sitting yeah, with I, kids. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I with took a child. A kid with me. You took a kid four years you. old. She's four. Yes. Okay. And how did she like it? Uh, she, as she told me, she liked the part, her favorite part was when Batman and Joker worked together. 
Oh, that's oh. sweet. Aww. That is the yes. sweetest thing I've ever heard. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like teamwork. So she liked that part. She also liked seeing Martian Manhunter in. The, oh in yeah, the solitude. So she's really stoked about seeing him. Well, okay. Can I just say that's awesome that your four year old knows who Martian Manhunter is and loves him because yes. like most people like don't know him and he's one of the best characters. Ah, that's so awesome. Favorites. Yes. Uh, so she really, I mean, she, of course she got wiggly towards the end, but she really did like it. She was laughing a lot. And so that was a good sign. That's good. Yeah. I, I was so impressed with when I first started, we, and I got there later than I should have gotten. So most of the seats in the theater were gone. I went to a, like an employee screening. So we were down in the front row and I was like, Oh no, my neck's all correct. But it was so busy up top. There was so much going on that I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle this mentally. There's oh, yeah. so much action and just like a lot happening. But I think that those moments that were chill, like the lobster Thermidor, when he's sitting, <laughs> oh, yes. sitting there, pool, and it's like every single bite he took, it was like five bites of this lobster Thermidor, and it was like chewing and sitting, and it was like a nice, quiet, and even like the microwave, mm-hmm. it's like such a nice, quiet moment, <laughs> yeah. that I love that because it counterbalanced that crazy activity right up top so well, that like solitude, it was great. Yeah. Well, and also it just sort of feels like it's happening in real time. Mm-hmm. It all like if you would have told me that scene was two, if they were going to do the whole two minutes, I'd be like, all right. Like yeah. there's just there was yeah. there is a um, an appreciation of time and allowing things to unfold in this movie that you don't really see a lot in movies, and especially for children, mm-hmm. to take the time to set up stuff, to pay off stuff, and to um, sit in things for a little bit longer than you would. Yeah. Um. Oh God, it's, yeah. Stuff like that. Like the little quieter scenes were really funny. Or that he only gets like uh, Bed Bath Beyond and Penny Saver. So funny. Oh, <laughs> yes, that's so good. But some stores will call, will will uh, accept them even honor them even if it's I, after the fact. I love like all. I just heard every mom in the in the audience laugh. Oh, I mean, I was laughing. I had a moment where I'm like, oh my God, that's actually my mail. Uh-huh. Like that's all that's in my mail too. Like, oh, maybe I should reevaluate my life a little bit. Well, I went home and I was teaching, I was teaching my fiance like how my TV works because he's new. Uh, and I was like, yeah, it's like the HDMI imports. And I was like, wait, do you remember when we saw Lego Batman and he has that scene where he's trying to flip through and find the right HDMI? He's like, yeah, I was like, it's pretty much like that. You kind of just have to flip around until you find the right one. <laughs> so it's nice. These funny, weird little slice of life moments in the movie. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. Uh, the The relationship with uh, Barbara Gordon mm-hmm. and Batman. Yeah. I don't know uh, how you guys feel about your, the the flavor of that the platonic sort of the platonic work friendship. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, it's like I don't know. Like I see Barbara Gordon as old, or a uh, more of a contemporary of Batman, as more of a contemporary of Dick Grayson. So it seemed kind of weird that they kind of mixed it for that. Did that seem bother you guys at all? You're like, nah, that's good. I'm fine with that. I had the same question actually. Uh, I I seem I seemed fine with it for the most part. Um, I mean, it, as someone who has recently started a new job, I understand the idea of like the work crush. And I feel like that was just kind of a big joke about that. Um, yeah, I was fine with that. What, what bothered me kind of off of their relationship was kind of how much they dumbed down Jim Gordon. Yes. In this, mm-hmm. um, which I think <laughs> it's, it, he, it added to the humor, which is fine, but he plays such like an integral part in all of Gotham. To have him just be flip the, the switch, yeah, the button pusher, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I found that um, kind of interesting. Yeah, and just moved aside so so quickly because mm-hmm. like, and then it, I felt like it just took forever for. Cause I, I mean, for me, when you see all the marketing material, it's all Batgirl, 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 and how long it took us to get to the point to where she actually girl. does see mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh man, all right. Where well, is and it was already? just the gun. It was just like a sequence of uh, right. suits, <laughs> and so it wasn't. It wasn't that she was Barbara Gordon becoming 
Batgirl. It was that that it was the Bat family, and she gets the Batgirl costume. Although I did love the the Batgirl joke. I did too. Yeah, it's like oh yeah, call you, call you Bat, Bat Boy. Boy. Yeah, which was pretty cool. Yeah, I was a little worried going in that they were gonna be overstuffing it because it was gonna be both a Robin origin and a Batgirl origin, and they did both of those really quickly and efficiently, mm-hmm. and it never felt rushed, which was good. And I, I guess I liked that they gave Barbara a little more time before she came Batgirl, and it was a different thing too. I kind of. It's like, are they just going to do the same joke again where she goes and finds one of his random right. bat suits? Because he probably would have one like that. Uh, they twisted a little bit with the, the gun. But to your question about uh, Barbara, the way she was portrayed and like the kind of semi-romantic relationship with Bruce, I feel like it worked this time. I don't know why. For some reason, it, it seemed fine maybe because they're playing uh, Robin so young mm-hmm. and that all the jokes were at batman's expense not hers about him having a crush and i think it worked I, i've always been bothered by the fact that bruce tim paired the two of them up in a relationship towards the end of the animated series it always seemed kind of weird yeah. kind of forced yeah kind of forced especially because he was so close with commissioner gordon and also that barbara and dick dated for a while too so that all felt really really bizarre it's like i'm gonna date your daughter that's cool right yeah my technical surrogate son's ex-girlfriend yeah, yeah. It was, that was a little too weird this time i thought it worked fine though yeah uh, another thing, I'm. I wonder if DC and Warner Brothers are trying to age up Barbara because they did a similar thing in Killing Joke. Mm-hmm. I was just going to ask about that. Did mm-hmm. you guys see Killing Joke? Yeah, yeah. I was at I was at, at the premiere at Comic Con. Oh, which okay. Was, yeah, uh, right. very interesting. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I loved. Be- oh my god! I loved before all of the horrible drama with like the <laughs> the writer marching off stage and they, they did a Q and A afterwards. Do you regret that? Cameron, do you regret missing the bloodbath or are well, you happy well, to be spared of it? Uh, what, what's hilarious is I think I told this story on Tim Talk. Um, I ran into to Bruce Tim and I don't remember who wrote Killing, uh, who wrote the screenplay for Killing Joke, but it was the two of them. And then one of the higher ups in Warner Brothers were out front of a hotel. And I'm like, oh, I have to go get a picture with Bruce Tim. So I go up, I'm like, oh, I loved your guys' movies. And under his breath, they're like, oh, at least someone did. And I'm like... Wow. Can I get a photo? And I'm just gonna leave. <laughs> well, we do have that's one more movie that we have coming out is another direct to DVD. Yeah, Judas Bruce contract. Tim. Oh yeah. Well, we know the Harley and Batman ones apparently coming out. Oh yeah, that's, like uh, Bruce Tim. Um, I mean, granted, we just saw Bruce Tim come back and bring his whole uh, his old gang back together for Killing Joke, but he's got this Harley Quinn Batman movie that's coming out. Mm-hmm. So. Maybe he'll have a better Comic Con. Yeah, this it's year. a DTV, right? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Pretty most all of the animated movies are. Yeah, they work down the hall for me. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Third one. I'll tell you guys about it after this podcast. Because I don't <laughs> know if I talk about it on here if I'll get fired. Oh, all right. But uh, yeah. Just tell them not to listen. Then it's fine. All right, yeah. everybody, earplugs. Earplugs. Yeah. Earmuff. Earmuff it. Earmuff. Yeah. No. Uh. Yeah. I think that was one of the big points of um of contention with the Killing Joke. Right. Was the the way they depicted Barbara Gordon and also her uh relationship with Batman. Everybody was like, "What? Whoa! What? What's going on? Too much." Um, so I was interested to see how everybody thought about her in this movie. I loved Harvard was a Harvard for police. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I, every time they made that joke was never enough for me. I enjoyed that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I know for the, uh, the, the bad guys, the, the big, big, big bad guys, were you, did, how much did you know about any of the, uh, the opponents that were going to be in there? Were you surprised by any of the, the villains that we oh, did have? Completely. 100%. When, like, when you saw King Kong and Voldemort mm-hmm. and all of the, the WB villains pop up. I lost it in my chair. The first screening, there were maybe 15 or 20 people in the theater. And I'm never usually like the loudest person in there, but I felt like 
everyone could hear me jumping and screaming for joy when I saw these people. And I even find it funny that Ray Fiennes is in the movie. Yeah, I said not Voldemort. Yeah. Eddie what? Like, what was that like <laughs> so for him? So good. Yeah, Eddie Izzard is Voldemort. Mm-hmm. Which is wonderful. I think my favorite thing about the villains is they clearly did not get the name rights to the Daleks. Yes, yeah. they're yeah, just they, like they, British yeah. robots. Yeah, the British robots. And it's like, ask, ask, your, ask nerd your nerd friends. friends. Yeah. yeah. yeah it it felt right. like a good, like they, they, made, they saved it with a good joke, but it's just like, you guys clearly didn't get the rights or didn't want to pay. Because uh, that, like, I know with Doctor Who, like, that's like direct to some, like, people, mm-hmm. not like to the BBC, not to the Doctor Who people. Like, it's direct to, like, the individual creators of the Daleks. So, like, eh, we'll just take the likeness. It'll be close enough yeah yeah Yeah. just off just off enough like yeah they said exterminate like maybe once yeah Mm -hmm. but not even in their same cadence not in the regular cadence but i like i like that like everybody else was like perfect and true to it and then the british robots and then sauron (laughs) yeah sauron was great yeah yeah yeah. Uh, I remember before even seeing this having that conversation with with one of my work friends being like oh what do you want to see next like they're knocking out batman what warner brothers property would be next and he's like oh it's either going to be lord of the rings or harry potter and well and behold we get both of them mm-hmm. and my question for you for for everyone here is where do they go from there do they continue just with the warner brothers properties or do you want to see them try and expand to because we have there was uh, a direct to it was a tv special of lego star wars mm-hmm. that we've had a few times a few of those now and then obviously Ninjago is the next one. But where does this cinematic universe go from this point? Because oh they've gosh. used up so much IP already. Kind yeah. of. I think it just keeps going and go. Like, I, I mean, they've in- they introduced the Justice League. Mm-hmm. Like, you could do a Lego. I mean, again, we I, I know of at least they're doing. Um, they've got like Lego Scooby-Doo. They have uh, DC Lego Girls. Yeah, you know, which is a property they had, and then this one, as soon as they introduced the concept of Superman in my seat, I went, "Oh, that's the next movie." Then, all right, like L- Lego Superman, the Lego Superman movie. You but know, I mean, which, how how amazing but, would that be to have Channing Tatum star in a Lego Superman movie? Kind of, I mean, <laughs> I'm all for that. I, well, I mean, it might be his only superhero film. Oh, that is very very true. <laughs> I love the Tatum. I would. I'd love to see him just go full blown Justice League, mm-hmm. and just because I mean, this like. You use so many villains in this. Um, you ran through every single one of Batman's villains. Mm-hmm. So really kind of, it would have to be insane to to up it with just Batman. So I feel like just the entirety, maybe even the entirety of the DC universe, like some sort of insane crisis uh, hybrid. Crisis. Lego if, it was, if it was two Lego boxes coming together and then they could do Infinite Earths, storyline oh, that'd be nice. awesome yeah because they do a bunch of the uh, lego uh just league directed videos mm-hmm. uh which are great right they're, they're really awesome i mean but it was the last one that also introduced the legion of superheroes as mm-hmm. well into it too so i mean oh it's, nice it's that. really good I think, uh, yeah i i don't know i it's so funny and I, you know you guys meant listen to our podcast with uh Inf- infant Infinite Earth? Uh, what you listen to? Kingdom Come. Kingdom, Kingdom Come. Come. So Kingdom Come. So thank you. But like, so if you might have heard that in there, I get very overwhelmed with a lot of characters. That's oh, yeah. The thing that is, if it's like you're introducing a lot of characters, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I don't know who anybody is. It's a lot going on. I didn't feel that way in this. The way that I have in a lot of other films where they introduce like Suicide Squad and it's mostly just annoying. But like 
They did. You know, in other films that we've seen where it's a lot of characters being introduced, I feel like you don't get your time with each character and they're, none of them end up fully formed. But I didn't mind it in this film. And I think it's because of the medium. It was just supposed to be funny. It's supposed to be cute and funny. So one one villain with like one catchphrase and then leaving, that was enough for me. That was sufficient. You know, so I think that if you did a big ensemble piece in this style, a Lego style, I think it might actually work because it's you don't have to have these real grounded moments with every single character the way that i feel you do in live action does that make sense yeah yeah, yeah. the uh the kind of the dc story that i want to see or even if it's just a one-off joke is i would love to see the green lantern core come into this yeah you know awesome. if they have to drop out the live action movie which i'm kind of okay with even though gl is my favorite like superhero um the one the the kind of joke i want them to do is have the green lantern core come in it's like oh yeah we have the power to create anything we want with the power of our rings then or any master builder just being like oh yeah we can do that too <laughs> like oh no but ours ours are green i was like oh, yeah we can do that too and just have this like fight to see who can build the better thing between like hal or john with batman and oh that's cool yeah which what, what would be who do you think would be the green lantern of the lego movie universe um nort um <laughs> <laughs> uh, i don't know because i feel like my generation's Green Lantern was Jon Stewart because that's who they chose for the Justice League animated series. Um, and then there was the the failed Hal Jordan with Ryan Reynolds. Uh, they, I, I think it's going to be between those two. I would love to see a Guy Gardner, even if it's just as a joke. Um, Kyle Rayner would be my choice because he's my favorite. Uh, and he's like supposed to be the most creative of the Green Lanterns, which I think plays into this story well. Um I don't know. I think it's probably going to be Hal or John. Well, we'll find out. Or Kilowog, because great. <laughs> yeah, because we don't know who the Green Lantern is in this movie, right? Because I know it's um, Jonah Hill's the voice, but I don't think we know the actual identity of. It's supposed to be Hal. Yeah, I, my yeah. guess would be it's Hal. Mm-hmm. But, but Amanda, to your point about the um, like all the characters. I was kind of thinking the same thing too, actually, that it didn't feel bogged down, maybe because they did treat it like a joke and they just literally had that whole list. Mm -hmm. But it does seem so funny as a counterpoint to all the other DC movies, which, again, one of my big problems is they take themselves too seriously. And then this does the exact opposite and it works so much better. It's like if you're willing to be a little bit silly and a little bit tongue in cheek and acknowledge that, yeah, like this is still comic book stuff. These characters are ridiculous and colorful. So play with that Mm -hmm. rather than, you know, trying to make up reasons why they have superhero names, which was this whole separate thing with Zack Snyder. It just works so much better. And you're right. It never felt overwhelming. It's like, it just had its core characters. They were all pretty clearly like motivated what they wanted to do. They all had great lines and the kind of toss away stuff was still great because it felt like, I mean, cause you know, you don't have like the depth, like there were so many random characters, but you, you kind of, the characters didn't know you're like oh that was funny right for the most part and it made me want to know about more of them like that whole thing it's worth a google i'm like well if they said that then it's probably a real thing (laughs) yeah it's like make a note to ask these guys that these are actual real characters what is the character you wanted to google the most dot dot dotty polka dot a polka dot man polka dot man there you go uh and then the condiment guy i was like that feels real like there's a part of my subconscious that was like he exists but i couldn't remember from where (laughs) so i wanted to ask if he was real too and then Orca. Orca's real? Orca's real. I don't I don't know if I've ever read anything with Orca in it though. Or does he pop up in the animated series at all? I uh, he's the, the only ju- in Justice I, League. I don't know anything about yeah. I don't know. I mean, is he like buddies with King Shark? It seems like they would have like if they have never teamed up, 
I will be upset. Yeah, that Orca seems like a and killer shark. <laughs> a killer whale and a killer shark have not teamed up. DC is fucking up. Did you guys know, wasted opportunity. love Killer Croc being like, I did something? Yes, that was such a great that joke. That was one of my favorite moments in the whole thing. I was like, yes, because my, I feel like one of, and Frank can attest this, but one of my biggest problems with Suicide Squad movie is like, he looks so awesome. Like, what does he do? They're like, it's just. He's not he's, convenient. He's an inconvenient superhero. Yeah. It was, it was nice to see him be like, woohoo, like I did it. Uh, yeah, I like Yeah, that. I, I love their specific polls from the other medium, like the fact that the version of Bane in this is very clearly designed off of The Dark Knight Rises. Right. Yeah, yeah. The, like the mumbly yeah. voice and stuff. Yeah. Like, oh my Doug God. Benson. I know, you that, look at the list, it's crazy who they got to be these people. Yeah, yeah. talent. It was, it was such a talented cast. Yeah. And yeah. such like a like name where like everyone was a name. I, I think the weirdest one was Kate Micucci as Clayface. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? That's who that was? But Kate Micucci is a great, I mean, she's also the voice in the uh, new Scooby-Doo show. She is. Oh, she is? Yeah, she's Thelma. Oh, that is perfect, and though. She's, and she is, and she's great at it. She's perfect. So normally, the stunt casting thing is can potentially be frustrating because they're essentially stunt casting. Um, stunt casting is like big voices, like big celebrities to do yeah. voices, right? But these people might not be the best for the job. It's just like, well, we know people know their names, so they'll come and see it because they're in it. And it can be very frustrating for uh, voice directors and in general, like working with somebody who's not a voice performer. But everybody in this, I thought, did really well. And there was it was very rare that I heard a voice and went, oh, that's this person. Everybody suited their characters. I felt pretty well. I the casting was really good. And I love John Sarah is, uh, or Michael Sarah is. Um, oh, I, he, is, that's my is favorite. Grayson. I was shocked. I thought he did great. Robert, yeah. Robin. Yeah, I thought he was versions. wonderful. I'm still trying to figure out how I feel about Zach Galifianakis as Joker. Mm. I, yeah, and, and maybe it's just the whole Mark Hamill just so mm. embedded. But I just feel like, I don't know if he quite was the Joker for me. Yeah. Well, even for like what his Joker was, I don't think he necessarily lined up with that. Like as like the comedic jilted lover mm. um, that they were playing the Joker. Like, it, yeah, it kind of felt like he wasn't necessarily the best fit, but was like in line with like Will Arnett, Michael Sarah, and like the line of people they were casting like, oh, yeah, Zach Galifianakis is the Joker. And, but I, yeah, I agree. I don't know if he was necessarily the right fit. Like he he, does, he doesn't pop the same way Will Arnett no. or Michael Sarah do in their roles. He's just he's there and he does a good job of it, but it doesn't have that like pop. He we were talking about this actually last night. He was kind of the the least inflected of all the Joker voices. Yeah, you know because I mean obviously Mark Hamill is the best Joker hands down. Um, but you know even Heath Ledger had like a bit of a twist on it, or even the directed DVD movies like John DiMaggio's done it before, or um, Kevin thank you, Kevin Michael Richardson from the Batman, and this just sounded like Zach Galifianakis kind of doing his thing, mm-hmm. and it there was like moments where it felt like he was kind of dipping into like giving it a bit of a, a, a twist on it, but yeah, it felt he was the one that felt a little bit. Flat. You asked anybody, I don't know about you guys, but if you were like, oh, like say, talk like Will Arnett's Batman, talk like Michael Sears, uh, Dick Grayson, talk like I could do those, I could tell you, like, oh, yeah, it's kind of the way that they spoke or whatever. If you're like, how did that, how did the Joker speak? I wouldn't be able to tell you. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to say like, oh, it's kind of this this tone and this you know pattern. I don't think it was bad. No, but it just was. It wasn't uh, as stylized as the other ones yeah. were. 
It wasn't sir because I had also earlier that morning before I saw the movie, I watched uh, the newest episode of Justice League Action, which had Joker oh, right. yeah. taken into space. And Mark Hamill's playing the Joker in that, and he was just so great. I love Mark Hamill. Like, oh. So I already had <laughs> His that second voice project after retirement. Yes. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Yeah. That didn't last long, did it? Yeah, it was I, so great. I'm just curious. Um, because I, I just listened to the the Nerdist podcast with Mark Hamill, mm. and I feel like his voice now sounds a lot like the Joker. Like there's a little bit of that in there. So I, I'm kind of similarly to this. I'm very curious to hear what his voice is going to sound like in Star Wars Episode Eight. Like, is it just going to be like his? It can't be his standard Mark Hamill voice because like that almost doesn't work in that universe. Is he going to like tone it down, <laughs> turn it serious? Like I, I've never like I don't know if his his Luke voice from the past was inflected or not, but it just, if I watch him now, like in his Jedi robes and I'm like, that's kind of sounds like the Joker. It would just be weird. So. His voice is aged. Oh, but I want to go to Tashi station and get power converters. <laughs> uh, Ray, you're the last Jedi. <laughs> uh, I think one reason that we, we don't really connect with Galifianakis as Joker is he never did a laugh. Did he? No. no, and that's so essential Mm-mm. to yeah. most animated characters, but especially to and I, I yeah, wonder if that evil. plays into why we don't that's connect it. with it because that's such an iconic thing. Like, yeah, it's, it's a great observation. Oh. Yeah, especially with I mean the Joker, whose whole thing is like ha 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 ha. <laughs> like you, you know, it's every yeah every Joker that I can think of has a laugh, has a very specific. Well, he feels like a Joker where you kind of have to explain the joke. Yeah. A little yeah. bit. Like that's kind of what I feel like the difference is, is he, he's sardonic. Mm. He is, he is a dry humor joker. Um, and I, and obviously they, they kind of cared a little bit more about the joke relationship. With, I mean, it's played as a joke, but it is kind of a genuine, uh, it's like him and Batman having discussion about their relationship, but it's almost like beyond like a personal relationship. It's like, we're, super villain and superhero and we need to have this and so they kind of played that that was the last for it and it was like a little bit of irony as opposed to like just the joker having fun in and of himself yeah well when he takes it i like that they just treated it really seriously and just kind of mapped the idea of a breakup over these two uh these two opponents <laughs> there so at the beginning of the movie where he uh just you know tells joker that he doesn't mean anything to him and you just see him starting to tear up it's like a 45 and, yes! second shot of him just it's, like it's growing so slowly wonderful. more upset it's really satisfying i wouldn't say i'm currently fighting a villain <laughs> yeah exactly i like to i like to, I fight, like to around. fight around it's such a great line yeah, I yeah, I there agree. is no Batman and Joker. Uh-huh. He's like oh. <gasps> he's like biting his lip with his pointy teeth. Yeah, it was really really funny, really great. But yeah, I um I, But he's I, also I, the only Joker I can imagine helping Batman too. Yes. I mean, maybe that's the trade-off. Yeah. Is he's a little bit sweeter and so he's a little bit less memorable. I can't also get enough of just uh, anytime Batman would reference just about working on his abs. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, he's, Nine pack. <laughs> yeah, when he just, before he takes the family photo, he just wants to go and get a few crunches in to get it, get it ready. <laughs> so <laughs> random. And I love they found a really weird way to bring it back. It's like, remember the ab thing? That was kind of the only thing that was a little weird to me. It's like suddenly they're all self-aware that they're Lego characters and they like attach to each other. Mm-hmm. But it didn't bother me. It was just weird. I felt like this one. How did you guys feel about this one compared to the Lego movie? Oh, silence. Mm. <laughs> You've stumped us. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Asking the hard hitting questions. I've <laughs> only seen the Lego movie once. Okay. Just wow. yeah, the first time it came out in theaters. I remember thinking, wow, they captured the spirit of a toy in a movie. Mm-hmm. 
did not seem possible to me that like what is arguably one of the easiest cash grab movies ever had like genuine heart behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was incredibly funny. I don't, I guess this felt like a spiritual successor. Maybe I enjoyed this one a little bit more just because I am such a huge Batman fan. So there was more specific pulls for me mm-hmm. and a lot of little things for me to get excited about. But I mean, it, it's weird that these two movies are like genuinely well-made pieces of cinematic art. Mm-hmm. Like that should not be a thing. <laughs> and they're yeah. doing better than DC's live action stuff. Oh like, yeah. Head shoulders above. That's the real thing. Like it this should tell you something too. Yeah. It'd be really, I, it'd be fun if we were able to have this movie and like, I mean, I, I don't know what the live action Batman stuff is going to be like, but like, not knowing whether or not we're going to get a good Batman movie, but like, but yeah. they're the infinite universes of stuff. There's one universe where there's good live action Batman movies still. And to have that added into it, I think it would be really fun. They might even got some more mileage out of it. Cause this is a little bit more ironic because they are aware that Batman's or at least the Warner brothers live action stuff is a little less beloved uh, currently, that's putting it mildly. I, I, I'd say <laughs> there are people. Well, I say my, like it's not as beloved because there are people who will defend it. It's not marred completely. It's just the crazies. No, it, will just like yeah, it's it, good. I, I think in it, it's a weird way. I think DC has made their situation worse in some ways with this movie because you know, like there are good qualities of the the three DCEU movies, but you know, it's impossible not to compare them to Marvel because we're at the point where like you can do better because someone else is doing it better. I mean, the best Superman movies are the Captain America movies. Like they nailed yeah. the, the tone of the character. And with this, like guys, like this is based off of a toy and it's so much better. It actually gets it. And I, they've kind of screwed themselves on yeah. some level. It's like, I mean, I think it's interesting that the time this movie comes out, that it at least seems like the live action movie is falling apart mm-hmm. too. And it's gotta be so frustrating for any of the DCU people to see their, uh, these characters being used in other TV shows and films and being done so successfully. And for some reason, just they're not able to get it all working correctly in the actual film. Well, and what Chris was saying is like, just the embarrassment of seeing how well the Lego Batman, movie understands the character of Batman and Zack Snyder clearly does not. And it's, just, it's, and the fact that this is like, it's not dark. It is, it's the action is silly and it is just bright colors and funny stuff, but it gets Batman on a level that Zack Snyder cannot even comprehend. Well, same with Superman too. I mean, how pissed do you think Zack Snyder was when he saw that they were doing this and it's all the Richard Donner Superman stuff. It's his fortune yeah. solitude. Oh, yeah. It's the original John Williams theme. <laughs> it's like oh my god yeah oh my god. i mean and that was great i love that was the that was one oh, of the, the only doorbell. moments i laughed by myself yeah. oh, so all the little kids didn't it's, get it it's so specific it's so good but imagine really like you know he's gone all this ever tried and reboot uh superman and they just ignored him yeah basically well, no they like, didn't because they have that one single shot from batman v superman that they sort of copy this is true they have that but that's also ironic and it's used for a laugh it is it's a, it's wonderful though because it's like they've taken i mean they've also been set up for success because all they have to do is basically look at everything and be like what is the most fun thing let's do that thing you know they don't have to make you know a, a establish a whole origin story they don't have to do all of these things like what's the most fun 
let's adopt that and we'll do the most fun story that we've seen. And that will be the basis for this reality in this world, which is like, what a great, awesome place to start from. Mm-hmm. That you've, you know, you're basically standing on the shoulders of giants, which is wonderful. You know? Um, yeah. I don't know. I thought it was so cool. And the moment when he walks in, you guys, when Batman walks in and they're having the reunion, Without him, oh, yeah. oh the my League heart! Super reunion. Yeah, the, exactly. Like Super Friends, it's like we're all in this photo, and he's not in it. It's, they have him take. They it. have him oh. take it. It's this like wonderful, terrible reality, you know, where he's like, oh, I don't care, it's fine, and he's like clearly just dying inside. It's such a funny thing. Mm-hmm. Well, when I see that, because uh, I also wonder at the end of the film. I mean, it's really cool to see all the Batman villains kind of help out and save the city, but. You figure the one relationship where he's talking about family, making connections, the, the, he certainly got his immediate family. But then the Justice League is, is pretty much an extension of that. And at no time does that kind of get resolved at all. You I, think, like, should the they trailer been- showed, like, a, or I, I saw, like, stills or whatever of him walking with the Justice League. Like in one of those like random long hallways that uh, the Hall of Justice seems to always have, but I, yeah, they never come back after that. Cut for time, probably, <laughs> <laughs> or because guess. they're going to be used in exactly. later franchises. One hundred percent. When I was watching that again, like when they first introduced, he's like Superman, Superman's and like Superman's a bad guy, and then when he finally shows up, the Fortress of Solitude, I was like, "There's your next movie right there." It's mm-hmm. like a Superman. It has to be, but plus you get Apache Chief. And samurai, they're just gonna go. You love Apache Chief. He's great. Doesn't they're gonna go completely left field in the next one? It's gonna be Lego Wonder Twins. Mm. Yeah, (laughs) and Wonder Dog, Wonder Dog. Spinning the record. Is that crypto? No, it was Wonder Dog. Okay, I was was gonna ask that question. That was from the original Super Friends. So they had uh, Marvin Jan, where the original. uh, I don't really like. Uh, I want to say groupies uh-huh. of uh, you know like the, groupies the, is a good the, the, word. Yeah, the, yeah, before the Wonder Twins were uh, Marvin Jan. Okay, and, uh, yes. and, and, and Wonder Dog. When does Crypto come in? Crypto's always been there, but I guess he just wasn't hanging out. He was out. He was probably out. You know, just cruising around with Streaky and Comet. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I thought it was Dino Mutt, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been cool too. Yeah. There's a whole <laughs> bunch of dogs in the DC universe. <laughs> They're Wonder crypto, Pets, Wonder right? Dog. Is Wonder Pets a thing? Yeah. Yeah, I think they did. They had that Crypto Cartoon Network series. Yeah, Mm -hmm. well, Crypto, that's why I know you guys. Over my desk, there's a picture of Crypto (laughs) on the wallpaper. And so I've been staring at him for a year. And when I saw the movie, I was like, hey, it's that dog. Mm. Not correct. Not that dog. Not Crypto. Yeah. (laughs) It's a white dog. Yeah, right? it's where's the cave? He's a great dog. He's a great cave. Yeah, almost okay. kind of more cool dogish. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. all right. Frank, make sure to clear up all the that's right misconceptions. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, <laughs> kind of jumping back to our fear for the future of the DC Cinematic Universe, uh, when they announced recently that Phil Lord, Chris Miller, they're rewriting the script. I was for Flash. Yeah, yeah. for Flash. Uh, I was heartbroken because you know these two have been kind of just churning out hit after hit. And when you see DC canceling that, you're like, these guys obviously have no idea what they're doing. But now seeing that they brought on the guy who wrote the screenplay for this movie to do Flash, mm. I'm like, you know, I, I as a DC fanboy, I constantly try and give them as much faith as I can while continuing to get my heart ripped out. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I I think they might be getting it with that. Like, they're like, oh, okay. People don't want this dark, broody universe. Let's try and so. lighten it up a little bit, especially for Flash. Like, if they do a dark, broody Flash, I, 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 I'll lose all hope. Yeah, 
No, it's because I, 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 I want I would love to go to a movie opening weekend and, and see a successful DC movie. That would be fantastic. It'd be so cool. And it's always frustrating, like you're saying, camera to get your heart ripped out every time because you get your hopes built like maybe this one would be different. Maybe this one would be different. And then you're like, no, no. They won't cheat on me again. They won't. They won't. <laughs> yeah. to me. There's no way they could hurt me this many We've times in a row. We've all learned our lessons <laughs> the first time. Yeah. Well, we have two opportunities this year to find out and possibly the the most hopeful wonder woman mm, those 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 trailers look good I hope they look they good. good i keep hearing internet mm. rumors of its possible suckiness mm. but mm. i maintain it might be good i'm trying to keep my bar real low so but the previews <laughs> are making it hard because the trailers look <clears throat> solid but they I'm do. just like, okay. But to be fair, the same thing like Batman, Batman Superman, Superman trailers over and over Zack again. Snyder that's is the trailer. Sorry, Zack yes. Snyder is the trailer king. That's my mantra. Well, no, really, yeah. over again. Suicide Squad was the. Oh god, oh, yeah, that's absolutely true. I, I remember they tricked me so bad going like, into that. I'm in. Yeah, it's like it's David Ayer. Like he's like a you know a more accomplished filmmaker maybe Zack Snyder or like he's put out some really great stuff he's and then, done some good like legit good stuff yeah I mean end of watch is amazing You're like okay this guy gets character he can do a good action story and then you get in there and it's just ugh. I I don't know I I'm very skeptical about Wonder Woman because it was I mean it was through the pipeline and in production by the time that Batman Superman came out and there was all like the like oh shit we should course correct mm. But so much of what happened, it, I don't it's know. World it's World War I. It's such it's a, a sad war. It's such yeah, oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be. Sorry. It's, it's a sad war. No, it's such a weird thing because for me, it's like I, I do, I liken my disappointment with Suicide Squad partially to the trailer fiasco, which mm-hmm. is that they, oh, you guys, the whole thing. We talked about this a little bit, but like, you know, with Suicide Squad, they, uh, they had made the film and were getting ready. They were promoting it. And then Deadpool came out and was so remarkably successful yeah. that they're like, Oh, we should, people want that. We should make, so they made a trailer. They got bring it, brought in different people to make the trailer for suicide squad. That was very tongue in cheek and very funny and lively, which I think suited it. I thought I saw it the did. trailers. And yeah. like, this looks like a lot of fun. Like I don't need like a good movie, but I want to like have a great time watching it. And so I bought into that trailer. Well, guess what? People who made the trailer didn't make the movie, so they had to film these alternate scenes well, and plug them in all ham-fistedly, and then I was sad. We forget that the the first trailer really does capture the tone mm-hmm. of, su- of what Suicide Squad was, and yeah. that first trailer was like... Eh, Disappointing. Yeah. 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 And even with Suicide Squad, I was on board for maybe the first like 20 minutes. Yeah. Like, I kind of liked the uh, like the title cards popping up, and yeah. it's like, oh, okay, this is a little, little self-aware. It's a little fun. It's a little weird and different. It's letting itself be playful, and and then the the ride just came to a sudden stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, for me, it's like, all right, well, that's a whole other beast. And but then Batman versus Superman was just, it's just garbage, you guys. Like it was just so frustrating and so long. And I just oh want, God. I just want for me, yeah. Wonder Woman to, likens itself so much to that, to the tone, the way that it looks. Um, I just, I want them to have learned their lesson and to make it better. <laughs> well, we'll find out in just a few months. That's yeah, true. that's true. Um, we're wrapping up, uh, final thoughts, everyone. We'll go around the horn. Um, thoughts you didn't get out or anything you want to sort of end on with what you felt about Lego Batman. Uh, I will say just great to see, uh, Alfred in the sixties. Uh, uh, oh uh, yes. Uh, that was a nice great moment. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I love seeing that, and, and it was just—it was just—it was just nice to go to a Batman movie and just come out with a smile on your face. Mm-hmm. Something you don't get to say that you've done <laughs> very often. It's been a long time. Yes. No. Uh, 
I don't know about you guys, but I am currently resisting the urge to just go down to Target and buy a crap load of Lego Batman <laughs> Lego kits. I, I may make it like another day or two, and then it's it's I'm just gonna cave. There's this uh, Target job. just down the street. I know it's <laughs> I've been like deliberately avoiding going getting like supplies for my apartment because I know if I go, I'm gonna walk away with too many Lego kits. <laughs> if if you do get the Lego kits, can you get the one that has uh, the Batpack figurine? Because I, I I don't know. Did they they made that costume just for the movie, right? The 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 one where he's in like the gold suit. Oh yeah, like the gold tuxedo. Yep. I think that's the Batcave one. Yeah, yeah. So you can actually get that Lego in one of the Lego sets, <laughs> and it's 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 adorably wonderful. Um, I guess uh, last thought: the did you guys get the reference of the end sequence of the credit sequence for when they're doing the the the, the, the crazy dance Batman's uh, rap <laughs> uh, before the rap when they're all in the white suits and they're dancing around. There's a YouTube video that went viral a few years ago of like it's an intro to an 80s workout tape. I was say, yes. Oh, yeah, oh was yeah. that the the that Kim Peel did? That Yes, yes, oh, Kim Peel yeah. made fun oh, yeah, of this. Yeah, yeah. The competition. This, it, was, yeah. it was a competitive. It was like a competitive jazzercise or something was like that. Was that their dance? Those were their yes. dance. Oh, yes. It was almost yeah. like move for move. Yeah, insane. it was it was fantastic. Oh, that's awesome. It it made my oh my my heart just flew out of my chest when i watched that i was laughing and loving every second of that little moment um <laughs> yeah they i mean like we said they they nailed the comedy of this they made a good batman film for everyone yeah i agree i think it's one of the few movies that i've seen where people are like take every it's a movie for everybody it's like normally no it's not this was it was funny i don't feel like you had to know all the backstory to to enjoy it which i think is great i think that you know kids like it i think everybody all the adults i've talked to that have seen it have really enjoyed it so yeah i'd recommend it i think it's fun and i think it pays a nice um respect to the legacy of batman in a way that it didn't have to you didn't have to have all those callbacks in there to make it enjoyable but they took the time to still do it well, and they i thought it was really great said uh joker straight up says like our relationship for like 78 years yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, yeah batman does the joke of like you guys gotta give like, me credit look, for looking this good for, yeah, seven, for look, <laughs> exactly i look amazing yeah so uh yeah i thought it was really fantastic it didn't yeah. let me down I just loved Robin. I lo- like I wasn't expecting to love Rob. Like I love Michael Sarah and I love what they did, but I wasn't ex- I was expecting him to be a little bit more annoying. Mm. But he never caved into that. And I just love that finally it took the Lego Batman movie cuz like Christopher Nolan was like we're never going to have Robin. We're never going to have Robin. It's like Robin is such an essential component to the Batman mythology that it- it's been misconstrued over the years. Thanks to friggin Wortham, Dr. Wortham in his stupid book. But um yeah, I just love that they finally had a Robin that you could get behind. And then it was Dick Grayson. I was not expecting if the trailers don't make any mention that's gonna be Dick Grayson. I was expecting it to be some rando nerdy kid who Batman takes under his stupid wing and becomes orphan. Robin. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was maybe that. And they did they did the Dick Grayson origin justice with Michael Sarah as the lead role. Yeah, especially when you see all the materials that it just has Dick Grayson with the brown hair. You just you don't even think that it is Dick Grayson because yeah. mm-hmm. he has such a different hair color. I love it when Batman shows up at the orphanage with a t-shirt cannon. Oh my god! Like, yes, merch, 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 <laughs> and the and the way I thought they handled Robin's origin story so well. Well, and they all like, they don't have to. It's so few words. He's like, here are my skills. This, this, I mean, ninja, uh, you know, acrobatics. This and that. And like, that's all you need. You don't need anything else. And they also even mention like, oh, Bruce Wayne, he's the most famous orphan. 
Yes. Like that's a huge component of uh, Bruce Wayne's life that they kind of skip past in every single live action film. Yeah. She's an orphan. I mean, granted, they show his parents die, but they don't talk about like, yeah, the impact, like the overall like social standing of everything of him being an orphan. I I do think it's interesting though. So we've, the only Robin we've ever had in a movie basically at this point is the sixties version. If you think about it, right? Like that's the, like, and Chris O'Donnell. Well, I think in a lot of ways he is still pretty close to that. Like they, they were definitely making polls from that. I mean, there's even like the, you know, holy rusted metal Batman joke at Batman forever. So we haven't, and I love Robin in this, um, probably the best version yet done in a full like theatrical release movie, but we haven't had a badass Robin yet. No, that's true. Yeah. This is basically, it's all been plays on Burt Ward. Yeah. Continually. Yeah. And that's exactly what this is. And, and they do a great job with it. And, but it hasn't kind of proven, they haven't proven yet that you can put Robin in a Batman movie and have him be cool. Carry it. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I think we're looking to really, I think down the road we'll end up with a really dark, edgy Robin film. Well, Robin's yeah. technically fucking really dead do. in the DC really universe. Do, yeah. Jimmy Olsen's dead. Robin's dead. Screw you, Zack Snyder. I hate you. <laughs> well, uh, I guess we don't know which Robin it is that's dead, huh? It might be the Joker. Who's Jason Dead? Uh, uh, oh, yeah, that crazy theory. Also, it's, yeah. it's insane. Like, the thing that I always took away from the Zack Snyder thing, and, and they d- make a, a callback in that, is the Zack Snyder suit, that's shorts. You can barely, you have to like look at the still frame because it looks like on first glance, like it's a full body suit. It is shorts. He is in shorts in that Robin costume. So, oh, that's, that's you have a successful Robin. He can never be in a full body suit. He has yeah, you're to be right. in the shorts. Rip. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the, I did. Yeah. Rip. Ah, oh, so free now. So free. <laughs> He's like, it's like, not a good time. Oh, you had him underneath your clothes. Why? Uh, oh, <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, one last jump to the, the costumes. There was one I noticed in my second viewing. It was called like the limited costume or some some joke, and it was a a few years ago at Comic Con they had a a uh, an exclusive Batman Lego where they like off tinted him just ever so slightly, where he had like a blue belt instead of a yellow belt, and it was like <laughs> an off gray suit, and that sold for like a hundred dollars at Comic Con, five hundred online, it's <sighs> insane, and that was like that strolled through in the background, <laughs> and I'm like they they know what they're doing. That's awesome. Oh, man, trying to get those Legos today at Comic Con are just—it's oh, it's impossible. Yeah, <laughs> it's awful. But Lego Dimensions, guys, you can—if you want a chance to mash up everything—that's what's next. Yes. The Lego Dimensions. Movie. I know that's why I keep wondering what's next because they kind of have their hand in almost every IP at this point. Gremlins, yeah, Gremlins, yeah. and and they had a Gremlins plane. They they incorporated like the actual Gremlins origin into the 80s gremlins because like gremlins go destroy that plane and that's what gremlins were like known for that's true mm-hmm. and god this movie <laughs> so much smarter than it even needed to be smarter than the live action stuff Warner brothers are putting out insane um so i think that does it anybody uh, any pressing thing after we've made the round oh just one really obscure reference i don't know if you guys caught this when uh so Alfred's reading that book, like how to deal with troublesome kids yes. or whatever. Did you guys catch the name of the author on it? Oh, oh no. no. It's a uh, Dr. Bartholomew Wolper. So the, the, the doctor from the dark Knight returns who is like, uh, Oh no, the Joker is just a totally innocent guy. He's oh, totally safe. Uh, that was probably one of the deepest cuts that I saw in there, but I was really excited awesome. when I caught that. I love that. that is a solid pull. Yeah. That is. <laughs> oh my God. There, that example gives you an idea of just how deep this movie goes. Like, and also again, Screw you, Zack Snyder. A amazing <laughs> reference to Dark Knight Returns <laughs> without go. wasting the material. Ah. All right. So 
about three weeks from now, we have our next movie, Logan. Ooh. So excited. Very Guy, excited. I will say this. I mean, I'm excited about the Marvel stuff, but I am worried that our crossover episodes are having the one-two punch of the best two movies of the year. I, I, we were gonna, we're gonna go through this journey, but Lego Batman was amazing, and Logan looks phenomenal. It looks so good. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy got that one hundred percent. That's true. 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 Yeah, so. Guardians is the bright spot, and Spider. I, I am always a diehard Spidey fan. Yes. but and uh, it, I mean, you know, it's easy to forget about it because there's so much between now and then. But Thor. Yeah, Thor. I mean, Taika Waititi, I just watched Hunt for the Wilder People, and it's amazing. Yeah. So and I'm even that very little, excited. That little Teeb Thor short that he oh, did. Oh, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. That so was great. amazing. So. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, we're we, uh, next month, we will have another crossover. Um, uh, guys, uh, plug your podcast as we close out. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Frank and I do The Novice and Frank. Uh, we are on um, Podbean and iTunes. Please check it out. Uh, Frank uh, knows everything about comic books, and I'm getting into it as an adult. So it's a super fun uh, dynamic. You can find Frank at Happy Go Jackie That's on right. Twitter and Instagram, and I'm at Comic Book Novice. Uh, my name's Amanda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Frank remained silent. No, Frank. Yeah. You did Frank, it so Frank. well, Amanda. Thanks. Hey, thanks. She had it covered. You know, yeah. Yeah. just plugging you in nobody's business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are Tim Talk, and we are also on Podbean and iTunes. And so we're going through all the Bruce Tim animated universe. So we're still way back in Batman the animated series, but we're inching slowly and slowly towards all, all the other series. Oh, man. When you get to Just League Unlimited, oh, man. That's. Oh, I know. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it's. Because it, I mean, there's 12 years of content, so you like it's been fun. You kind of think about, oh, like the storytelling is going to get so much more sophisticated. Because I mean, guys, trust me, you don't have to watch all the animated series. There are some stinkers in there. <laughs> we know we just had to go through a whole bunch of them. Uh, but yeah, so and we're on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, and I'm at Lordifer on all those things, uh, and I'm at Cameron.Dexter on Instagram. Great. And then uh, I host the podcast of Two Worlds. My co-host, uh, Chris Fimbres, could not be here today. He, unfortunately, um, uh, nothing bad, but he just went up to Bakersfield to see his family. Oh. So he wasn't oh, okay. here. Well, we hate um, him now. Great we hate him. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's ostracized. I can tell you 100% he'll be bringing the heat for Logan. Um, that is if he shows up. Is that that just because Hugh Jackman's very attractive? Is that why? (laughs) That's why I'm bringing the. Okay, good. He's a diehard Wolverine fan, like no one's business. Um, but you can find us. We're on SoundCloud because we didn't get the memo that the cool podcast. (laughs) Uh, we're on SoundCloud and iTunes. Um, and you can uh, find me on Twitter at Trevor Copter, and then our podcast is at po two po two w underscore flash. Um, and then Chris refuses to get on social media, so you can't find him anywhere. Another reason I hate that. How guy. dare he? <laughs> Please think he's so much better than the rest of us. <laughs> at least if he can't dress up in full Wolverine costume, at least have him do his hair to look like Logan. Yeah. I will. Podcast, I will. When we do mm-hmm. the podcast. Yeah. Um, he will be down for that. <laughs> he's going to be, I am I, I 100% guarantee when we go see it like midnight showing that Thursday, he'll be in a wife beater drinking. <laughs> The Canadian blue. I don't know what c- Canadian beer is. <laughs> um, I mean, I haven't met him. That might just be his standard way of going about things. So is that is just half and half. Okay. All right. <laughs> I respect that. Um, yes, yeah, so that does it. Thank you so much for listening. We are part of the Nerdist School Network. We're recording at the Nerdist School. Um, they have, uh, you can find all the information at the nerdistschool.com. Shows uh, at the theater, other podcasts on the network. You can find it all there. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and uh, everybody, thank you for being together for this crossover. 
the first of seven in 2017. Yeah, exciting. If everything goes well. Possibly eight if we want to do Valerian and (laughs) the Thousand Planet City or whatever it is. City of a Thousand Planets. City of a Thousand Planets. Thank you, Karen. Got it. Thank you for correcting (laughs) it. Uh, All right. Thank you for listening. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit nerdistschool.com.